Hey guys, another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We got Will Raggett's here from Sports Illustrated. We're talking Kevin O'Connell, presser from last week, impending Vikings free agents, and then some new news this evening. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's take on Kirk Cousins as QB1. We're going to dissect it all here on Vikings Happy Hour tonight. So grab your drink and let's start the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. My name is Matt Anderson. I'm your host. I feel like Dr. Evil tonight. I got my cat sitting in my lap. Um, Joined by Miles and Ryan, uh, and we are all joined by special guest Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated, kind enough to join us this offseason uh, amidst a, a pretty busy offseason for you as well. Uh, um, I know I know. We, originally we had planned to have you last week. Some things shifted around, but we're glad we got you back this week. So, Will, how are you? What are you drinking? What's new? It's been, I know we've talked in between that, but it's been about a year since you've been on the show. So how, how are you? I'm good. Just uh, enjoying the offseason. Got my spotted cow here a little bit. Perhaps controversial, a Wisconsin beer, but it's quite good. <laughs> and I uh, drove back drove back from Chicago today, so I, I stopped in Wisconsin and grabbed some. Um, but yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm kind of glad everything's wrapped up with the the coaching search and the GM search, and now we can. Uh, I mean, it was it was a fun period to to discuss and dissect, and um, yeah. I think the Vikings made two strong hires, and and now we're diving into the the real off season with the combine coming up and free agency, the draft, all that. So that's fun. So before we get into how miles and Ryan are doing this evening, um, I, I want to ask you just right off the bat here before it becomes old news, right? Kevin O'Connell was introduced as head coach last week. You were at the press conference. I saw your question. You, you had the little spotlight camera on you for a hot second there. Um, when you yeah. asked your question, what were your takeaways from last week? Can we, can we take anything away from those types of press conferences as fans? And then um, I understand that maybe there was some media, uh, like some private media interviews as well after that press conference. Is there anything you can give us from there? Yeah. I mean, I think those press conferences are kind of just cool for fans to like, just ramp up the excitement level. And um, you've heard about the guy and now you hear from him and, um, kind of get some of his ideas on on philosophies and the roster and and things like that. I don't think you can really like have any huge concrete takeaways because they're kind of just they're saying what they're what they're gonna say. Like, I, and this that's not to say that either O'Connell or or Quasey gave bad like coach speak answers. I thought they were very interesting and informative, but it's still hard to like say anything definitive from what they said. The, the thing I'll say is that they both came off really, really well from those press conferences. And that that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of, of winning football games. But um, when when the Wolf set out to find people who are going to be collaborative and, and good leaders and good communicators, I mean, every, every indication is they found two people who are going to be good at that and who are going to uh, bridge some gaps that may have been created in the, the later years of the Zimmer-Spielman era and uh, kind of make everybody's voices heard and be on the same page with everything. And so I think, I think that alone is exciting and, and two young guys with um, lots of different ideas and uh, 
different perspectives. And they really went the opposite direction from both uh, Spielman and Zimmer. So that's kind of that's kind of naturally yeah. what happens. But um, yeah, I think I think it's an exciting time for Vikings fans with just all the all the possibilities out there. Yeah, and, and we're going to get to to the, probably the first part of the Vikings offseason, which is talking about our own free agents tonight. But uh, before we get to that point, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, give Miles and Ryan a chance to uh, at least uh, show their presence here this evening. So we'll start with you, Miles. Um, I know we met last weekend at Surly, so I don't I don't know if you have anything on the docket to drink tonight. But uh, if you don't, that's I do. Fine, I do actually. Do nonetheless. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I know. I normally don't drink on your show too often, um, but uh, I have a, a what is screw. It's like a peanut butter whiskey okay. uh, with oh. with cream soda. Okay. I saw someone online. Someone online said it's supposed to taste like a butter beer from like uh, you know like Harry Potter, like Disney World. And I was like, oh, let me try that. I was like, I have that at you know at my house, so I tried it. It's not bad. Um, I don't know if I. I think I have too big of a glass, but oh well, it'll be all right. I'm not going to turn into Ryan, but. It's still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of Ryan here, uh, I'm sure he's probably two glasses deep. Um, it's only 8.08 uh, <laughs> as we record this. But, uh, Ryan, how are you on this fine Wednesday evening? I'm great. Uh, still reminiscing about the surly days that we had this last weekend. and So I'm drinking some more Grapefruit Supreme because I couldn't get enough that night. And then I got some Basil Hayden toast in case uh, I need to get a little more swirly. We'll see. We'll see how the oh, night boy. goes. Uh, we missed a prime opportunity last weekend. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Eric Eager was in town from Pro Football Focus, as was Phil Mackey uh, from Score North. And so, Will, I I should have shot you a message uh, it, to see if you were in town. It would have been a fun time to, to kind of have you pop over to Surly, but... Next time around, I, I will not forget. I will I will make sure to send that that message to you to get you out there. Um, and, and yeah, we'll let me know. I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of a uh, big fan of Surly. Pizza is phenomenal over there, and the beer, of course. I did get I did get a free pizza certificate because I stayed there so long. Oh, nice. So uh, <laughs> we, we can all go back and share one. Um, they couldn't kick you out. So well, like, that's the only thing get you out of there. <laughs> well, t- to be honest, they, they gave me more coupons the next night when I showed up than than the first night. So um, I don't think they, they ever want me to leave. Um, Dave, I know you're not out here right now, but do you have any, any drink in hand? Yes, is, is I am thing? trying uh, Devil's Cut Jim Beam Urban. Oh, yeah, sure. It's interesting. I'm glad there's some... There's some beer on the show finally because uh, I was I was talking with one of my buddies and he's like, yeah, you guys used to have beer all the time and now I feel like all you guys drink is is hard liquor. So uh, Will's representing us with the spotted cow and Miles has got some like Harry Potter butter beer. I'm, I'm gonna call it that. Um, and then and then Ryan over there as well. So getting the beer back in the loop. It's we're getting warmer in these months. So. Um, it, it's going to be a fun one. So we just had like a snowstorm. To, what do you mean it's getting warmer? <laughs> I mean, March is right around the corner. We're, we are bound to get a fifty degree day here in Minnesota, right? Or am I wrong? That's fair. You're no, you're probably right, and then it'll drop back down to like negative three. But yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be all over the place. <laughs> um. 
So I don't know. I, I think he's. I think he's asking you a question in the chat. I'm kind. Of, I'm trying to read it quick. Uh, Will, do you have the same opinion that Vikings beat writers Collar, Cronin, Ekstrom that Kellen Mond is just bad, or and will never become a starter or second string? Do you want to answer that, or, or do you want to proceed with the normal show? I'll no, we leave can, it up to I mean, you for a second. We can. We can get to that quickly. I mean, I, I'll say yeah, it's hard to it. know. Uh, we just we haven't seen. Much of Kellen Mond, I thought he looked pretty good in that third preseason game against the Chiefs and showed a little bit, but clearly then did not do enough throughout the year to really get any opportunities. Although, I don't know how much of that was Kellen Mond. I don't know if that was Mike Zimmer just not liking Kellen Mond for whatever reason. Um, yeah, the, the one pass or two he threw at Lambeau Field late in that game did not go great. But I think I think it's it's too early to write off Kellen Mond uh, from at least becoming a solid backup. I don't I don't think there's much to suggest that he's got like future Pro Bowl upside, but uh, you never know. I'm curious to see um, with, with Kevin O'Connell and then also with uh, the quarterback's coach they brought in, uh, Chris O'Hara, I believe, the assistant quarterback's coach, Gerard yeah. Johnson, who's got a good pedigree uh, of, of developing young quarterbacks. Um, he actually he played at Texas A&M. And then Kellen Mond broke a bunch of his records. So I think that'll be a great uh, – I think this will be a much better situation this year for Kellen Mond. And if, if we don't see a little bit of something, then you can probably um, write that off as a, as a whiff of a third-round pick. <laughs> that, that, that's a fair assessment. I, I think everybody on this show uh, agrees with that. Uh, as, we, as we look through the offseason here, um, one focal point, which is going to be – whether like whether we like it or not is going to be a conversation topic every single week is going to be Kirk Cousins um, until he leaves until Ooh. he signs an extension. Kirk <laughs> yeah, do you do you know who that guy is? By the way, have you heard about mm-hmm. him? Uh, real real up and comer. As, I heard I heard he's a real up and comer in the league. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah, questionable think, whether think, or not he's he's QB one. He's developing pretty well. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to unlock completely, that potential completely change who he is at, at 34 years old. Exactly. Well, Will, did, did 30, you get a chance? in August. <laughs> did you get a chance to listen to the to the interview with Kevin O'Connell from WCCO Radio t- this evening? Yeah, I saw I saw the clip that was going around on Twitter. Um, I don't think there's. Too much to read into it. I guess it was it was an interesting answer the way it was phrased that training camp is a yeah. long ways away for any position, and I mean that's true. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I've I've written a bunch about cousins, and it's gonna it's gonna keep being the hot topic every day until some decision happens. But what I'll all I'll say for now is that I, I don't think anything should be considered off the table, like. If the Vikings were to get an offer that they couldn't refuse, uh, I think they would probably take it. And and if um, if Cousins, as reported, doesn't want to take a pay cut or anything like that, and uh, the price on an extension is going to be too high, that's something they have to consider too. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is probably going to be the quarterback uh, just because that's the most obvious option and there really isn't a clear replacement, but... Uh, I would say it's it's still very early in the offseason and anything could happen, which is which is the exciting part of it all. Can you say so you had, without any hesitation? 
that when training camp begins, Kirk Cousins will be on this team and thus will be the number one quarterback when your team reports in July? Well, phrasing it that way after saying that uh, no matter what I answer will be uh, greatly dissected, it, it sure is a heck of a way to ask the question. But I can tell you, uh, training camp is a long way away in my mind um, from a standpoint of what any position may look like, uh, having just gotten into the building recently. I do appreciate the question, but I think we got to look at things in a short-term way of just how we build this thing for what's going to come uh, during the season. Um, and in training camp, obviously, will be a huge part of that as we build towards that first football game. Um, I love Kirk Cousins. I do. I I think the world of him as a player, I think he's um, clearly shown in this league the skill set, the the intangibles at the quarterback position to play at a high level, to go right along with a skill set, like I said, that um, creates uh, opportunities for all his teammates around him to play at a high level. Um, I think he's got great experience uh, and durability to be on the field and available week in and week out in this league. I think you cannot discount that. Um, And in the end, I'm just excited to see the type of offense and the type of uh, advantages we can provide for Kirk to help him play at the highest possible level he can. And that really goes for all of our. So first off, I just, I can't help but notice uh, media members trying to stump a first time head coach into saying something. Uh, And so kudos to kudos to Kevin O'Connell for, somehow dodging these questions within the first week of being head coach. Um, <laughs> he's done a great job. Um, Miles, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on Kevin O'Connell and what he just said about uh, Kirk Cousins as, as being QB1 heading into training camp? I mean, I think it's just like his press conference last week. I I wouldn't read too much into what's being said right now. I think – Everything that's being said is methodically like the like Kevin O'Connell didn't go into that that uh, interview with uh, WCCO unprepared, so like maybe he was thrown off guard by the phrasing, but he has talking points to hit and and certain certain areas to discuss and and how to discuss them. Kirk Cousins obviously being one of them. Um, I think one thing we know, like what Willow said, all options seem to be on the table. Now that doesn't mean any definitive decision's been made. But I think one one thing that I think people need to realize, too, is it's not just the Vikings that need to decide whether Kirk Cousins is going to be here. Kirk Cousins also kind of has to play, make that decision for himself as well, because we like we've talked about, the there's an like I can guarantee both sides are likely to get an extension done. Now, what that number looks like for an extension, I, I'm assuming they're they're both they're completely off base because <laughs> if they weren't, if they were aligned with, with what what an extension would look like, they'd probably have one in place by now. but. Or at least it'd be close close to having one done. Not to say it can't still happen, but I feel like that'd be the first domino they want to get done as quickly as they can. So does does Kirk also want to be here? And I say that because not that he doesn't want to be here, but what we know about Kirk Cousins, he's kind of treating the Vikings what he similar to what he did in Washington. This year is essentially like a, a franchise tag for him. He's playing on a one year deal. He gets to hit the open market next year, or God forbid the Vikings were to franchise tag him at like $63 million or whatever that number would be, which isn't going to happen. So Kirk holds all the cards in, in similarly what he wants to do. And if he truly does, like, we, like we've seen him do, want to maximize his dollar in, in, a, in, a, in a business standpoint, hitting, hitting the open market might be his best opportunity. Like, like even O'Connell even mentioned in the, in the interview, he's a guy that stays on the field. He doesn't get hurt. He's an efficient quarterback. You know what you're getting from a guy like him, even at the age of 34, 
the, the injuries aren't a concern. So like those types of things. And he's a, and he's a good quarterback. And so his ability, this could be his last potential, like big payday for him to want to maximize that opportunity, hitting the open market is the best way to do that because a team wouldn't have to trade for him. A team, you know, a team, a team could just sign into a new contract and, and he has a little bit more control of where to go and what that number looks like heading into the negotiation period. And, and what he could do in that situation then is reposition himself back to the Vikings to say, Hey, I'm getting off for this on the open market. Are you even willing to, to come to this, this number? So it's just a, and the cap is continuing to go up beyond, you know, obviously in, uh, with COVID the last couple of years, it's been suppressed. So the, um, the cap's going to go spike significantly. So Kirk and his agent know that. So they're going to, they're going to negotiate off of those numbers. So if the Vikings aren't willing to go to a number that Kirk's looking for, you know, I think reports are out there like 40 plus base salary, uh, that type of thing. And we know he likes a short-term contract. The Vikings shouldn't force themselves into a situation where they feel that they have to sign him to an extension, just a lower cap hit for 2022, because it's got to be about the long-term play and creating long-term flexibility for yourselves, not just focusing on, well, how do we get under the cap now? Because there are other ways to get under the cap other than just Kirk Cousins. So that I, I you didn't ask that question, but it's kind of where I'm feeling. I just want people to like look at it from not just yeah. the Vikings side. It's not, it's not just a Vikings decision. Like the Vikings, I'm sure, like Will said, if they got an offer that they couldn't refuse, they'd probably consider trading him because if they can't get an extension done, then that means he's on a one-year deal likely to hit the open market and you're not going to get him back because he's going to overprice him. He's going to outprice himself then. So if you can get ahead of that, you know, why not? So there's a little bit of that. And so I just like to look at multiple angles and it's not just a one side, well, one size fits all, or just looking at it from the Viking side, because as fans, it's, it's easy to look at just all oh, the Vikings need to do this. Well, there's other areas that you have to consider in this situation too. Very good. Point. It's not yeah. just, yeah, absolutely. it's not just cousins and uh, it's not just cousins and the Vikings. It's like the other teams too. There's a lot of, yeah, uh, yep. teams out there that need a quarterback. So, what are the, what's the first domino that's going to fall? Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever? And what does that like? Our teams late in the process, like the Browns or the Panthers or the Steelers. Yeah. The, there's a bunch of them. Is somebody going to get desperate and and talk themselves into trading for Kirk Cousins and signing him to an extension and and giving up a lot of draft capital and, and taking on a lot of that salary to do so? And so it's there's a lot of factors that. Uh, I think that the Vikings are, are right to kind of take a wait and see approach. And I think you bring up yeah, a good that's... point too, right? Because uh, we, we heard about it with Judd Zolgad on score North uh, and even miles. Uh, you you kind of told us about this as well. Uh, the Panthers called on Kirk cousins this last week and granted it was very like non-formal, right? There weren't maybe trade talks talked about or discussed in that phone call. Uh, but we're heading into the busiest time of, of the NFL offseason. Rumors are going to be flying. Teams are exploring multiple different avenues for their team. So I'm with you there, Will, on the fact that, you know, a team could sit here much much like we do as fans in fantasy football, right? And we can talk ourselves into a player if we think that they can they can push us over the edge. And so a lot of GMs, a lot of head coaches around the league are sitting there evaluating their rosters and wondering, hey, is Kirk Cousins the missing piece? Maybe he is, and maybe they make that phone call, give the Vikings what they're asking for, and you know, we're talking about uh, Kirk on a different team. Or 
It could be the other hand, right? We could keep we could I mean, see Kirk Cousins here still. I mean, that was us in 2018, right? Like we didn't have a quarterback solidify, but we had a great team outside of that, and we needed one missing piece that ended up not being our missing piece, but maybe it'll be somebody else's. Um, you know, quick shout out to to the to the uh, chat here. You know, we have a lot of activity here. It seems like a lot of people are on our side which is great. I mean, it's always good to kind of hear, um, you know, people agree with us and what we're saying. Uh, one of one of my favorite comments here was Linda um, just saying that we're just trying to pump up Kirk Cousins as much as we can to get, you know, as much draft or a trade capital back in return for him, which would be great. Uh, that that leads me to my next question. Well, you, you had mentioned now twice here, offer you can't refuse, right? Uh, in your humble opinion, obviously you're not the decision maker here, but what what would that offer need to look like for you to seriously consider moving Kirk? I mean, are we talking a Stafford like trade or are we talking, you know, like a Darnold type trade? Yeah, I think maybe somewhere in between. Um, the The contract is kind of a complicating factor. So it's, it's how much uh, of that contract is the team that's trading for cousins going to take on. I think the more, that they're taking on um, the the draft capital or, or the return, whatever it might be, or getting back goes down. Um, so if if the Vikings aren't eating anything, any of the salary beyond just the ten million signing bonus, I don't know if you get a first. If you if you can give somebody to give you a first and take his entire contract, I think I think you have to strongly consider that. Um, I mean, I think there there might have to be. Can I ask you a hypothetical? Um, uh, there might have to be players coming back just to balance the salaries or whatnot. But it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, would you take a second and a third round draft pick for Kirk Cousins? I only say that because it's brought up last weekend, and, and I said no. I, I'm first or bust on Kirk. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious your opinion there. I think again, if. If you're not eating any salary and, and you're getting a second and third back, I, it would be tempting because um, then you've got a first, two seconds, and two thirds, which is ammo to to move up and get somebody you like, whether that's a quarterback uh, or, or somebody else. I mean, a lot of people talk about how this isn't a great quarterback draft, but I mean, to me, there's there's six guys that are people have talked about as potential first round picks. Like I think the the math suggests that one or two of those are, are going to pan out. So why not maybe take a swing on one if you, if you like them, uh, like what you see at the, the combine and pro day and, and, and things like that. Um, or you sign a, a bridge guy and or, or or evaluate Kellen Mond and, and maybe draft a QB next year. I don't I don't know what it's going to be, but um, it, it's it's a good it's an interesting hypothetical. I'm glad I'm not the one making the the decision at the end of the day. <laughs> Well, Absolutely. I think I think a couple dominoes that we that we need to see fall first is obviously Aaron Rodgers and obviously like Russell Wilson. Those are the probably the two biggest outside of the like the Vikings. The QB dominoes got to be those two. Like, are they traded? If they're and Deshaun Watson to yeah. a degree, but I still don't think anything's going to happen there because of the legal legal situation. So Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers the two, and then Derek Carr whether it's a contract extension or a trade could be another piece um, that you, you potentially see as well, because if he signs a new extension, he's essentially resetting the first, he's the first person to reset the market in the new uh, like cap spike as they expected cap spike coming. He'd be the first quarterback, I guess in the Kirk cousins range 
to hit a number. And and so the Vikings are probably looking at that idea as well. I'm sure Kirk Cousins camp is, is exploring what that could look like as well. And then lastly, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. What, what do the 49ers do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they decide to trade him? Do they decide to keep him uh, because they don't think Trey Lance is ready? Like what, what does that entail? And we haven't heard any dominoes fall from any of those scenarios. So if you're the Vikings, there's truly no rush because you do have Kirk under contract. They've probably already built and planned an idea around him being here on a one-year contract if they have to. And like they have all their scenarios played out, right? If we can if we have to keep Kirk on a one-year $45 million cap hit, we how do we function our, our, our cap around that? That's one bucket. If if we trade Kirk, depending on the numbers and, and all that, we don't have to, you know, but like if we trade Kirk, you know, how do we maneuver the cap and the roster around that? And if we extend Kirk, you know, so they have all these buckets lined up on how to how to function. Now it's deciding on and hearing what happens across the league first. And obviously the combine is going to be the first the first area where that's truly going to start kicking things off. So hopefully we should start hearing stuff in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be it'll um, be it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Quasey and O'Connell say next week because they have they both have uh, availability at the combine, um, which I'm going to for the first time ever. So I'm excited about that. Let's nice. go, Will. Oh, that's dope. Any, yeah. Anything you're, to come you're, with? you're looking forward to? I'll take notes. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a plus one, you'd be right up there. <laughs> no, I mean it's. Um, I, I'm curious to to just. Um, I don't talk to them again after like their first with Quasi. It'll be like a month on the job, a month plus O'Connell, like only a week or two, but still just um, maybe what, what kind of progress has been made in terms of their internal discussions uh, to the extent that they'll share any of that and um, how they're, how they're viewing this upcoming draft and, and some areas of need. Um, and then just kind of seeing some of the big, uh, big prospects out there doing their uh their testing so i'm looking forward to it yeah it it should be a, a fun time i've we we were talking with some other guys this past weekend i know uh thor nystrom from from nbc sports edge is heading out there as well um he'll be a guest on our show later this off season so um, i'm excited for you I, I think that'll be super fun and i know fans are going to be eager to hear uh kind of what you have to report back to us and what you're hearing and, 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 and some of the work that you're doing. And, and speaking of some of the work that you're doing, um, this will transition into, into kind of our next topic of Vikings impending free agents. I know I have an article up here. Um, I know recently you have, you, you wrote something out on sports illustrated, um, called assessing the Vikings unrestricted free agents. And if they might return in 2022 It was released yesterday. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, on that list um it's a new regime which means that there's a lot of new potential for change and so um if i don't want you to have to like regurgitate the whole article to us but if you can give us some of the highlights and then and then we can kind of talk about it um amongst this group here um some kind of key free agents on on whether or not uh, you know we think they'd fit you know, now that we're switching to a three-four defense, as says O'Connell, um, you know, there's obviously cap implications and, and and a bunch of other things as well. So I'll let you take the lead here, but uh, I, yeah, I, th- I think I'm ready to go this route. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's it's kind of strange the way the the timing of the contracts works out. I was looking at the article I wrote last year about the free agents, and there were like ten uh, UFAs for the Vikings. Like Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson were like the two biggest ones. Um, obviously, neither neither of whom returned. Uh, but this year they have like twenty of them. Uh, a bunch of yeah. kind of smaller name guys who are maybe on one year deals or whatever. Just I think the way they they loaded up on one year deals last offseason contributes to that number. But the the two big ones that kind of stand above the rest um, in terms of um, not just like big name players, but the salary that they played at last year are Anthony Barr and Patrick Peterson, uh, who both made like roughly eight or nine million last year. Uh, Barr was restructured last year, so his his last couple years of his contract were voided, uh, and he's going to hit free agency. It's it's kind of always seemed like the writing's on the wall. Uh, like Barr spoke uh, after the that Bears game, the the regular season finale, and really seemed to be talking about his his eight years in Minnesota from a past tense perspective. Although he obviously left the door open, but uh, then Eric Kendricks uh, talked to us. Uh, the next day or the, the day after um, Spielman and Zimmer were let go and got emotional talking about Barr and, and the kind of increasing likelihood that uh, he might not be playing with him next year because they've been playing together going back to UCLA. So it's kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall. So it was interesting when Kevin O'Connell at his introductory press conference mentioned Anthony Barr's name. I don't know if that was an intentional thing or if he was just kind of listing players who have been standouts in Minnesota in the past. Uh, but with the switch to a 3-4 with Ed Donatel, uh, it, it would be ironic if Barr left this offseason right before the Vikings finally moved to a 3-4, which he played at in UCLA and, and was, a, was an outside linebacker. And um, I think a lot of people have thought for a while that that role might fit his skill set better than, than being an off-ball linebacker in a 4-3, uh, just some of the ways that you could use him. So... Uh, will they try to bring him back? I don't know. You've already got $10 million that you're paying him in, in dead money over the next two years. So to sign him on top of that would be a, a little pricey, especially because he's he's going to want to get paid. Um, but I, I think the appeal of, of playing with Kendricks and Smith uh, could be a big thing for Barr if he were to take like a slight team-friendly deal. I, I don't know. Um, and then with Peterson, I thought he was just a great uh, a great mentor for the Cameron Dantzlers and Chris Boyds of the world in, in his first year here. Um, didn't have a ton of splash plays, but also I don't think he got thrown at a ton because the guy across from him, whether it was Breland or Dantzler uh, or Mackenzie Alexander, they those guys all kind of had their struggles. Um, so I thought Peterson yeah. was, was solid and, and consistent. He didn't get burnt a ton. I mean, he's not getting any younger, but I think um, – bringing him back on a one-year deal, depending on the price, uh, could work out. So I wouldn't be, I would, I think, I think I would be more surprised to see Barr come back than Peterson for sure. Um, but again, you never know. And then um, there's a secondary guys, like secondary, not playing in the secondary, but like the second tier uh, of guys like Sheldon Richardson, Xavier Woods, Nick Vigil, um, Mackenzie Alexander, all kinds of people like that, that, uh, I'm sure we can dive into as well, but Barr and Peterson uh, being the two big ones. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, on Anthony Barr and, and Patrick Peterson uh, potentially returning to the Vikings? And I mean, Will brought up a great point, right? Like, 
I think, I mean, we had, we had Darren Wolfson on this show last November talk about Anthony Barr, and he said that, and I'll, I'll talk to him about this in a few weeks, but he told us on this show, no chance Anthony Barr returns as a Minnesota Viking. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's going to happen 100%, but a 3-4 defense like Will alluded to um, kind of fits a guy like Anthony Barr. And so uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, Barr, Peterson, and uh, we'll let Miles get into the rest of that crew afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking about Barr, right? I mean, obviously that's been our kind of goal or dream that we've wanted to see since he's been drafted is, you know, he was highly touted for being able to get after the passer, you know, be able to penetrate, you know, these offensive lines and, and, and create some havoc in the backfield. And we never got to really realize that, right? I mean, he, he, he they drew up some blitzes and stuff for him, which he was very effective uh, doing that in the off ball setting, but uh, not, nothing on a consistent basis. So it would be interesting, obviously, to be able to hear him or to, to watch him do this. Uh, uh, but the issue is, is the reason why he's not really being considered further is not necessarily because of the contract, but also it's because of his knees. Like he had a hard time staying healthy. Um, the they they really consider his knees to be more of like a degenerative thing, right? Like it's not going to get better. It's just going to be managed from here on out. At least that's the word that we hear. Of course, we're not in the, you know, we're not doctors, we're not medical professionals, so we don't know for sure. But um, so, so that, that's the only thing that worries me. I mean, obviously Anthony Barr is, you know, he's been a mainstay, right? I mean, he's been here since 2014, uh, beloved by the fans, you know, does great for the community obviously would love to keep him here if if it was a good you know team friendly deal protected us from those long term injury issues uh but at the same time there's other players who do play in more of a 3-4 setting uh off or you know uh, outside linebacker edge whatever you want to call it um there's going to be some cap casualties uh, obviously one big name that people are kind of throwing out there is uh Zedarius Smith right like a guy like him who's actually had time in that system in the last six, seven years, um, who's been very effective in that system. So, I mean, I think there's other routes you could go to save some, or not save money necessarily, but better spend your money maybe, um, where you don't maybe necessarily have to worry about a knee issue. Um, and and obviously the, the main reason we're trying to even have this talking point is the nostalgia effect of like, he's our guy, he's been with us forever. You know, that, that's not really the case anymore with this new regime. So um, I, I could I could definitely see him staying and, and, and would love to see it, it you know, just because of the nostalgia. But I don't think that it's um, probably in our best interest unless, like Will said, it's a very good team-friendly deal. Um, as for Peterson, I, I agree with Will and everything he said there. He's a good leader. Um, I think he coached or, you know, mentored these younger corners well. Um, and I, I do think he played well. He didn't play lights out, uh, but I think he'd be a solid like CB2. Now, we don't have a CB1, <laughs> uh, which is the issue. So it's not only would we be bringing him in, we'd have to probably bring in another individual uh, to, to continue to compete at the cornerback position, uh, either through the draft or free agency. Um, but it, it would be not a bad choice, I don't think. I mean, I guess he's getting older and our scheme's changing, right? So um, he's traditionally been a man, you know, cover man corner. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I'm sure you you know a little better than I do. But I think Donatel typically more plays a, uh, 
off-man zone type um, coverage in, in his um, secondary. Again, I could be wrong there, but if I remember correctly, I thought that's what they played back in out in Denver. So um, not saying he couldn't. That actually probably would better skit, uh, fit his skill set currently with him getting older and probably not being able to run stride for stride with some of these young guys anymore. But, um, you know, it would be a different scheme that he probably hasn't played as much in the past. So, again, would definitely welcome either of these guys back at the right price. Uh, but, again, there's a lot of talent out there that could either be had for around the same price or maybe even a little bit more expensive, but maybe a little bit more effective and uh, going forward. So not a great answer, but I, I'd probably say move on and maybe try to get some younger people. But uh, at the same time, you know, if we brought him back, I wouldn't be angry about it at the right price. And I think that's a fair take. Um, Miles, are are there any impending Viking free agents um, that you are maybe passionate about keeping? Um, I know a lot of fans maybe thought Xavier Woods played well, but he's got Cam Bynum standing up behind him. And uh, he's shaking. <laughs> he's shaking his head. No, if, if you can't see it, uh, no, you're not sitting I, on the table for no, anybody. No, to be honest, I'm ready for like the new change. Because the one thing that okay. we saw with the old regime was was the constant. We have to keep our guys. You have to keep everybody in place, no matter the cost. And I'm ready for the change. I'm re- like, let's let Donatel and that that new defensive staff bring in the guys that they fe- feel best fit their scheme and for the team. And if that's bringing in new blood, I'm all about it because this idea of just continuously running it back, like, and the idea of just changing out the head coach and the GM and then running everything else back, it's you're not like to, but to expect different results is just not, it's not a right mindset in my opinion. Like they're they're The team wasn't good enough last year. So why do we need to bring back a lot of those same players it wasn't just the coaching staff. It was also the people that were playing. And so I just think at, at this point, it's a reset. So during a reset, it's okay to bring in new blood and, and new new types of players. And so if Donatel does focus on a little bit more of that 3-4 base in his defense, let's go find true outside linebacking, like rush outside linebackers. Like I'm not saying Anthony Barr couldn't do that. I know we've all talked about that. But that's like – it's been a, it's been what nine years now since like Anthony Barr's been in like that type of role. I, I'm not saying he can't do it, but to then ask him to to completely change what he's what he knows now, and then expect him to be this highly efficient go get the quarterback type of player. I just I'd rather just go get players that they can mold themselves or ones that that they already see as like really good fits from this type of scheme with that type of skill set. And so let's bring in the new blood. Let's, let's let the coaching staff mold new players and bring in new energy and a new culture. Um, I think Anthony Barr and, and, and Patrick Peterson from a locker room standpoint are, are great guys. Everything we've heard, nothing but great things. Um, but I also think it's okay to bring in new ideas and new people to re to re to restart what that culture looks like from a locker room standpoint. And so I think with the, with the Vikings from a player standpoint, the one thing you can't say like when we look at like the wild, for example, there's a lot of rumblings coming out of like what that locker room was like after, and then they went and turned that that locker room over from that leadership standpoint, and it was a good thing. I'm not saying turning over the, the like the leadership standpoint in the Vikings locker room is a good thing, but 
I think it's okay to let those guys move on and find other homes and bring in new people because yeah, I, I mentioned all that already. So I'm just okay with like, what was the, like, don't hire a new GM, a new coach and new staff, and then just decide that everything needs to stay the same. Let's, let's try something new for once and, and just go take a different course of action. And, and let these you young guys, uh, you know, generate new leadership, right? Like some of these young guys right. probably have those leadership skills that can take over that locker room and continue to build this culture, but from a youth standpoint, so to speak, and and the guys right. that Donatel and 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 O'Connell want. So, I agree, Miles. Will Will? Yeah, are nobody should be off the table there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I don't think. Looking at the free agents, I don't think many will be back. If any, that's 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 usually the case. Um, maybe some maybe some depth guys, um, maybe one of the bigger names. But yeah, there's going to be Barry. turnover, and, and yeah, Jordan Berry and um, I don't know Tyler Conklin. There's lots of guys that um, I don't know if they're going to bring back. Um, and I, I think you have to look at people who are not free agents as well, who are under contract that could be potential cap casualties. Michael Pierce. Uh, is one that stands out as a, a place where the Vikings could save some money by moving on. He's only played seven or eight games in two seasons. Um, and if you're going to a 3-4, I don't think you need both Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson just from a a, a fit perspective. Um, Tomlinson's contract's a little harder to get off of, so that's why Pierce looks like a potential cap casualty. I don't think that they're necessarily going to go into some sort of fire sale and then strip the roster down to the studs uh, just based on the, the continued kind of adamant comments from the Wilfs that they plan on being competitive and that th- this is not a rebuild. Now we can debate if that's the right move or not, but I don't think you're going to see like Harrison Smith or Adam Thielen or, or Dalvin Cook or people like that on the move, even though I think that that would be something that is probably worth at least considering. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with the the general take that if you're going to switch up the the head coach and the GM, um, why not? And the coaching staff, why not make some uh, some some bold moves to to switch up the roster as well, and then just kind of go for a, a different approach. Yeah, none so, of the none of none of the aging expensive vets should be considered untouchable, and that that includes anybody for any any reason. Yeah. And obviously, I think Cousins and and Hunter. And probably Thielen are the guys that you look at as like obvious, like trade, trade cap or trade guys. Like maybe you trade them, but because you're not likely cutting those guys, but anybody should be on the table at this point. Cause you, you, again, with the reset app, like it's all about cap flexibility and they have not had cap flexibility for a long time. And the focus in 2022 should be about creating long-term cap flexibility for themselves, not hindering it. Yeah, Hunter to me would be kind of an easy restructure. I just think like there's yeah. only so many defensive players with the upside of Daniel Hunter that you're not going to be able to just yeah. find another one easily. I would it's kind of like the Byron Buxton thing with the Twins, like why not take a take the risk that he stays healthy just because of how incredibly how incredibly talented he is. Um so that would be I think I, there's a way to restructure him. Um, that's already kind of written into his contract that would be able to keep him around. So 
I mean, maybe uh, real quick, is- real quick, Matt, real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just we have some really good uh, comments here in the in the chat that I just want to address real quick, or maybe get Will and, and Miles or or your take, Matt, uh, since you don't often get to give your takes very often on the show. I feel like um, Kit asked, uh, "Can we de- can we debate what's competitive?" Because you could argue that 26 teams were competitive last year. Now, when I when I think of competitive, I think you're competing for a Super Bowl, not that you're competing for a playoff spot. Um, so will, would, do you want to take that? Like, what, what do you define as competitive, uh, if you're running it back, so to speak, uh, to be competitive? Yeah, I think you just, you don't want to be caught in that like purgatory that the Vikings have been in the past couple years where you're, oh, we're hanging around 500. If we make a little run and win a few games in a row, like sneak into the six or seven seed, I think, by the way, yeah, I think you, I think you really want to. Every, everything you do has to be about trying to build sustainable success and open a Super Bowl window where you have a few years to, to go for it. And then once that window is open, uh, and obviously the best way to do that is to find an elite young quarterback, which is far easier said than done. But everything's got to be about competing for a Super Bowl and not just trying to go 10 and 7 and sneak in and, and make an unlikely run. I mean, there's... You'd rather, I think, you'd rather do that than than bottom out and be terrible. Although that could also lead to finding a quarterback. But yeah, to me, competitive is about finding a way to open that window, and then one when you realize that's open, do what the Rams did and, and go all in and 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 just try to capitalize on that window while you have it. And that leads me to my next comment. Actually, uh, good good segue there, Will. So Amani the Great, um, he asks us a question um did the la rams uh trade away like five years worth of first round picks uh to get other team star players um so yes they did do that right they traded away for jalen ramsey they traded picks for von miller for uh, actually odell they ended up just signing i think but uh, there's one other player that they traded for that i'm drawing a blank on right oh, now Stafford. oh yeah matt, matt safford yeah there you go um so is that a sustainable way to build a team? Like, obviously, you don't see it often. You saw, you know, the Eagles try something similar, right, uh, back in, I forget what, what year that was, but they tried to basically load up on free agency on Namdi Asamoah and some of these guys to build the super team. It failed. Uh, and then you've seen some other teams try to do that, and it hasn't gone well. But the Rams did have success doing it. Uh, your thoughts, just in general. Yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways to build a team. Does anybody involved with the Rams uh, have any second thoughts about the way they did it? Absolutely not. They won a Super Bowl. So uh, it, it's a little bit of a risk because if it doesn't pan out, uh, you're, you're missing some some valuable draft capital, and, and it places uh, more of an emphasis on, on hitting on those um, day two, day three picks. But if you've got the window and you feel like, we've got a really good team that is, that is just missing a couple pieces. Why not go for it? I, I, I think, I think more teams could, could benefit from that approach. Well, yeah, I think if your too, team Ryan, is right on the cusp, uh, sorry, I was going to say, if your team's right on the cusp, right. Even like, and again, we tried to do this in essence in 18, right? Like we, we made a run. We had a great no, team. We didn't go, we, we didn't go, we, we didn't go team. all in in 2018. Though. But we, you're you're right. We didn't, but we did go all in on a quarterback, right? And then yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. should we have built up the team around that? Should we have gone 
even more all in around the offensive line to kind of protect the quarterback that we knew had issues with pressure and, and things like that. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I, I, I think it's a smart move once you get close. I don't think that you can do that from like where we're at today. We can't just go trade away picks and picks and picks yeah. to build a team right now because well, we don't have cap cap space. We we're, our team's right. not close enough. But if we can, you know, start rebuilding and yeah, you go and like Will said, grab a young quarterback if you can that is the high quality quarterback and and build that team around them. Then you can start adding those players in the in through trades and and through free agency to to make the run. And that's how you do it. Um, if you are going to do it that way. Well, and there's two points to that too, Ryan. So when the Rams first started that approach, Jared Goff was on his rookie contract, right? So. That's one. That's what. That's where it started at first. Sean Sean McVay came in. Jared Goff was on his rookie contract. They took a couple of years, but in that second, or like I think it was the second or third year with under McVay, they were they they made the Super Bowl. Uh, I can't remember if, at this point, but that's still when Goff was in his rookie contract. So they had more cap flexibility to make some of those all-in moves with the rookie quarterback. And then after that aspect, they also had you know guys like Aaron Donald and. But, like, my thing, and I think what's important with O'Connell here is you can't make those types of moves right now with O'Connell and Kwesi because it's just way too early. And to your point, they don't have the, the type of roster. But with McVeigh, they had a, a, an infrastructure in place of what their overall, like, philosophy was going to be. The Vikings don't have that identity yet. They need O'Connell to get his footprint on this roster, on this team, and, and Kwesi as well. Once they can get that, like, footprint established, Maybe in year two or year three, you can start making those types of moves. But like right now, it's just not a, it's not the approach the Vikings should be trying to take to, to make all in moves. They're not, they're not built to do that right now. They were built to do it. And I just don't think, I think leadership fumbled that bag. Like, and I think some of the players fumbled that bag. It's not just the quarterback, but like, I think a lot of players failed that aspect as well. So it's a, it's a whole thing, but the Vikings just to your point, Ryan, they're not there. I agree. Will any thought? Any thoughts? I mean, no, <laughs> I, I, like that was I agree. I think back you and forth between Miles and Ryan. No, that I think I, I agree. I think you 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 want Kevin and Quasi to come in and, and build an identity and um, establish a culture and build through the draft. I mean, I think people sometimes chalk up the Rams winning to just oh they they traded for all these guys. They had a they had a ton of homegrown third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks who contributed to that Super Bowl. And that's why they had the flexibility to go add via trade and via free agency. So I, I think you you always want to build through the draft first, figure out um, the salary cap. Although that's, uh, I mean, when you've got Rob Brzezinski, I don't think the cap really is as much of an issue as, as some people think. We, with, as, as we've seen with the Saints, you can always just kick the can down the road and, and create space and never really suffer the consequences to, to a certain extent. So, yeah, you want to build through the draft and, and see if you can um, either take Kirk Cousins to another level and put him in the right situation or find another quarterback. And um, if you get on that right path and, and you identify that now's the time to, uh, to go for it, then you do it. It's, but that is, not, that is not the case with this offseason. There's a long way to go. I agree. Right, right, right. And yes, Devin, we should be trying to trade Kirk for Kyler Murray. Absolutely. All right, keep the show can keep going. I got my Oklahoma bacon. 
Well, I, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit more about the Vikings pending free agents before we wrap this show up here. Um, and there is a different question also I want to ask ask Will. But, um, Will, I asked this question of Miles, and I, and I just want to get your take. Um, is there anybody that you're standing on the table for uh, as, as an impending Vikings free agent that you want to return, whether it is an Anthony Barr, a Patrick Peterson? I feel like we, we – we shift our view towards the defense since that is a the side of the ball that maybe has more free agents. But but there are guys like Tyler Conklin, even Dede Westbrook, who proved to be a, a pretty viable punt returner slash wide receiver for. Um, is there anybody you're standing on the table for or, or would want to make a case for to return to the Vikings uh, this season? Yeah. I um there's nobody who I would be like you need to bring this guy back. I, there's just um I mean the team wasn't good enough last year for you to really make that argument that they they have to bring anybody back. Um I think DD Westbrook is is quite replaceable. Um maybe they get BC Johnson back from injury or um draft a guy um and they've got the the depth that receiver with with Osborne and Smith Marset. Uh I will I'll throw out two names as guys who could be cheap uh, and, and could I, I think could fit uh, on defense? It, a guy would be Sheldon Richardson, who is obviously aging a little bit, but uh, I think he was the Vikings' best defensive lineman or maybe best defensive player. Like uh, down the stretch of the season, they they moved him from defensive tackle to defensive end when Everson Griffin um, his season ended early, uh, and I thought he was really impressive. I mean, he didn't have a ton of pass rush moves; he just kind of bull rushed guys, but he. Uh, put up a ton of pressures, had a few sacks. Uh, I think he could fit well as a, a, a three, four defensive end uh, on your defensive line. Uh, if, if the the price is right. And then offensively um, I would say Mason Cole is a guy who, who they could look to bring back um, just maybe compete for, for a spot at center or right guard. He had some, he had some good games at both spots this year. Uh, I don't know if you want, you don't want to like pencil him in as a starter at either spot. You want to, bring in competition, but even if he ends up as your sixth offensive lineman, I think he's a pretty um, solid guy to have as depth. So those would be two guys who I think could be, could be fairly cheap that they would consider bringing back, but there's nobody that I would um, say is like a must return. How do you, I know this is a boring conversation starter, but how do you feel about Greg Joseph and, and Jordan Berry um, as far as special teams is concerned? Yeah, I I think they're both just fine. So if if um, Joseph is like an is an exclusive rights free agent, so it's if the Vikings want to tender a, a, an offer at the veterans minimum, they can do that, and then he can't negotiate with any other team, or they could choose not to do that. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, the coordinators are all talking tomorrow, so I don't think Matt Daniels, the new special teams coordinator, is going to get as many questions as as uh, Wes Phillips and Ed Donatel, but um, we'll see what, we'll see if he has guys that he likes and wants to bring in for those spots. I don't, I don't feel super strongly about either of them. Well, well you, you, you kind of lead me to my next question and then we, and then we can close out here for any final thoughts. But um, I saw your tweet today that, you know, some of these, these coordinators are going to be speaking tomorrow at noon. Um, are you going to be there by the chance? I, I assume you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be there to kind of ask, ask us some questions uh, without revealing too much. Cause I want you to have like your ammo for the, for the pressers, but, 
But what are you what are you looking for tomorrow in those pressers for these? I mean, it's fun. It's new. It's exciting for the Vikings franchise to to have these new coordinators there. Um, so what are you looking for uh, in tomorrow's press conferences from them? Yeah, I'll be curious to see what they all have to say. Uh, I think Wes Phillips was was a good hire uh, as somebody who's worked closely with O'Connell and McVay um, and obviously has the the impressive family lineage with with Wade Phillips and, and Bum Phillips and um, yes. just kind of his thoughts on his thoughts on the offensive side of the ball uh, and her cousins and um, where they might want to go. But the most interesting one for sure will be Ed Donatel, who's um, kind of the senior member of this coaching staff, tons of experience working with a big fan geo. Um, I'm sure he will get asked about Daniel Hunter. And if that's somebody that he views as uh, a guy who could be very valuable in his defensive scheme and maybe what that might look like. Um, and some of the other pieces that the Vikings have on defense um, and just what he kind of uh, values schematically, philosophically from a defensive standpoint. Cause for the past eight years, it's been, it's been Mike Zimmer's show on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, now they're switching that up. So I'll be, I'll be curious to hear uh, what he has to say about, about this roster and, and this opportunity that he's getting. Absolutely. Uh, Miles and Ryan, anything that you are, are, are looking forward to in, in tomorrow's presser, by the way, uh, game changer 16 said, will needs to take a shot. Um, so, Will, I don't know if you have one on hand. It's the end of the show. It's up to you if you want to. I, uh, but, but I we'll don't be, think we'll I do at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, but I would. I, if, I don't. I would if I did. <laughs> uh, Miles, any any thoughts on on tomorrow? What are you looking for in the press conference uh, w- with the coordinators? Um, honestly, there. I, I think Kevin O'Connell kind of touched on it. I think I'm excited to hear a little bit more about like Ed Donatel's vision for the defense. Um, we heard a little bit from O'Connell that like three, four is going to be like more like the base, but I'm excited to hear Donatel kind of expand on that. And maybe, you know, will or whoever asks the question about more of like what type of players they're looking for to fit that scheme. If, if it's, you know, significantly different from what they currently have on roster um, just because, um, yeah, I'm. I'm just excited to, to kind of hear a little bit about that, the defense in itself, because we've we've gotten so used to what Zim was doing, and um, I think the players got so used to what what was going on in the defense. So um, I'm excited to to hear a little bit of like fresh blood and and new ideas uh, from that way. Uh, everything else, like I don't think Wes Phillips or um, Daniels is going to really say much that's going to sway anything or change anything for us, because like Kevin O'Connell is the one Probably. running the offense. Wes Wes Phillips is. It's OC, which is important, but I don't think Wes Phillips is going to tell us anything too different than what O'Connell would. Well, well, maybe, uh, maybe Daniels goes ahead and, and and goes the trend of the USFL and says no more punters, right? Like we're going to pass on. <laughs> we're not punting. This season that we're not punting. That, that could be a, a a fun development tomorrow. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, uh, Ryan. That. How about you, man? Uh, I mean, I don't know what everyone said so far. I mean, there's not really much more to add. I, I suppose, you know, just from the from the random, you know, cheesy uh, fan perspective, you know, just the continued feeling of collaboration, culture, 
all of that. Um, obviously, again, it, th- those are all just feels things right now. They don't really mean much, like Will said earlier. It doesn't necessarily always translate to the field, but it is good to be hearing a consistent message from your total leadership team for the first time in like you know three four years, right? I mean, it seems like the OC. He's always been on one side, Zimmer's on the other, Zimmer on one foot, you know, uh, Spielman on another. And it's the consistency, um, I think, goes a long way, not just for the fans, but also for the locker room, which, again, could turn into a great uh, on-field results. So uh, some more consistency from that message. I know it doesn't mean much, but it, it gets me in my feels a little. It gets me more excited. Absolutely. Any any final thoughts tonight from you three gentlemen? Uh, Vikings related, Vikings adjacent, NFL offseason, um, anything at all? I don't think so. I like, think we, uh, I think we covered some good topics here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, with that, I mean, it, it's tough. Well, well, thank you for coming on, Will. I mean, I, I know that uh, I know it's busy. Um, and, and this off season, especially for you, is going to be maybe busier than most uh, because, I mean, it's 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 a completely new culture, um, new decisions. We don't know what Quasi is going to do in the draft. I think uh, as this next week ramps up, we'll we'll continue to hear more rumors, which will only be entertaining as as far as Vikings Twitter is related, and I'm sure that keeps your job interesting. Um, as well so you will have to key us in um on, on kind of what you're hearing next week I, I look forward to the articles that you have um coming up is there anything in particular that you're working on right now uh that you want to you want to share with the the people listening uh nothing specific at the moment just um tomorrow i'll have stuff from the the coordinator pressers uh next week i'll be in India, I think Tuesday to Friday for the combine. Uh, so a lot of stuff from there. Um, and then after the combine, I'm actually going to Hawaii. So, uh, for a little vacation. So hopefully (laughs) nothing, uh, hopefully nothing crazy happens while I'm there. I'll, I'll be able to, I'm going to be writing from there. Uh, but I'm sure Kirk Cousins Cousins will be traded while I'm, while I'm on a plane or something. Um, (laughs) but yeah, just, uh, si.com slash nfl slash vikings stay tuned follow me on twitter all uh lots lots of stuff coming up i've got one question for tomorrow ask Mm -hmm. the coaches how far they are are along evaluating the current roster i'm curious about that's a good one okay yeah okay see uh see if i can get that in Uh, I'm sure. I'm Will, sure they'll be asked something along those lines. Lines, and then that's what I'm interested in hearing. Have are they going to say, "Yeah, I've looked at all the players. I know where they stand," or if they're, "No, I'm still in the process thereof." Mm-hmm. You know, type deal. I, I I feel like they're they're pretty far ahead uh, in that process. I, I don't think. Yeah, but you, they've only been on the job a short time. Well, then you're, then you're told what the evaluation is by, <laughs> by some people. But <laughs> um, as you head into the scouting combine, I, I, I can't believe you're still evaluating your rosters. But I could be wrong. Uh, with that being said, uh, Will, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. I know we talked about the, the chaotic Vikings offseason. 
Uh, I'm going to reach out to you. As you know, Climb in the Pocket has a, uh, a, a Vikings draft coverage, runs all weekend long. Would love to get you on there, whether it's a half hour, hour, um, at some point that weekend, if you can make it work. So we'll touch base there. Um, Miles and Ryan, good. appreciate you for coming back uh, for another week. Um, again, it's, it's going to be a star-studded lineup for the rest of this Vikings offseason uh, leading up to the draft. Next week, this show has Ben Gessling from the Star Tribune. He will be live next Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Central. Um, we'll talk to him about some of the scouting combine stuff. Uh, any rumors that are swirling? Because God knows there's going to be a bunch of stuff for this Minnesota Vikings team. So uh, appreciate you all coming here. And Dave, um, I'll hand it off to you to send the show off. Well, tomorrow night, hopefully, will be Viking hot takes. Uh, both um, Eric and Flip are back in town. I have not heard from them, however. If not, Saturday, you'll have two old bloggers, and then we start all over again. Until then, what do we say? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Oh, no, 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 no.